Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right. What's up? Welcome to Cannell and Bell from Atlanta. Super Bowl week at the Georgia World Congress Center. Raja, did I tell you? You did. It was going to get crazy. You never lied, Danny. And it, you did not lie. It is crazy today. Like, you got Patrick Mahomes walking behind us. Yeah. You got Jenny McCarthy over Dante there. Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler. Around. Yeah, you got all kind of people rolling around here. It's pretty cool, though. It's like a, it's a cool vibe. Can I, at the risk of being like, like I don't want HR to be involved in yeah. this, right? Yeah. But the quality of, like, the... The handsomeness and the prettiness of the people has been sure. picked up. Like the better, a better looking, looking person. The beautiful people have they're arrived. They're coming out. Yes. Yeah, the beautiful yes. people no have arrived in Atlanta, Correct. and it's pretty cool. We have a big show. Christian McCaffrey is going to join us. He's going to uh, stop by. Luke Wilson, like mega superstar yeah. from Hollywood. It's pretty cool. He's going to join us at the end of the show. So we're going to have a ton of fun. A lot of stuff we got to get to. But the fir- first and most important question that we've had every single show, and really disappointed. Has been, and I wish I could like turn this computer around and show you the question. Right? Did you party? And that's what Debo Debo wants to know. Did you party? So I'll ask you. Uh, yeah, I partied hard. Yeah, we should it, just make up. Yeah, stories. in room like seven oh three, really <laughs> yeah. hard. A lot of Netflix. Uh, I, you know what I've realized on this road trip? Like I just don't have it anymore. I don't. I don't have the spirit to like do what it takes to get out. Get my motor running, like have the few requisite like drinks to really get in the flow and loosen up. It's just by that time I'm sleepy. It's time to go back to bed. I had it in me. I thought I did. I was ready to go. Then we did a little corporate type field dinner. Yeah. And it kind of took it out of me too. Yeah, dude, I'm and I was I need and I needed a running mate. I texted you. I was right, like, we right. want to do anything? And then you told me done. out. I was like, all right, I'm I, done. I, I can't had do to- anything. I had Toronto, Milwaukee, and this is what really happened. I text you as like I got a headache, yeah. but it hit me after your thing, right? Yep. And I was fully like I was gonna do it, and then Toronto Milwaukee popped up on TNT, and it was like Toronto Milwaukee, cold outside, <laughs> yeah. gotta find Danny. Toronto Milwaukee, it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and LeBron made his return last yeah. night too. Uh, there was a huge NBA trade. We're gonna break that down a little bit later in the show. But it is Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl week. Oh, look. We, we teased Christian McCaffrey. Hey, we knew we were getting him at some point. What's up, brother? We'll take him right, <laughs> all right now. All right. What's up, Christian? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are good you? to see you. How's Welcome, it going? Man. So, first off, do you remember... You were probably a baby then. Because I was t- I was teammates with your dad in Denver. Do you remember it all? Like, Do you remember Don't me lie. playing? The only thing I remember playing Power Rangers with Shannon Sharp in the locker room. That's about <laughs> it. That's, that's the extent of my memory of his career other than videos and looking back on pictures. Do you feel like growing up in a locker room with a dad who was a pro um, gave you an inherent advantage when it was time for you to become a pro? Were, were you modeling some of what you did? Because Greg Olson came on yesterday yeah. and really like praised and lauded the way you came in as a rookie and were already treating it you know, like a 10-year vet. Uh, can you attribute that to being the son of a pro? Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I have great parents, and uh, they played a huge role in my life. I would say, Espe- you know, especially my dad when it comes to the football side of things on on how to be a pro. And and once again, I appreciate Greg saying that. But it helps when you got guys like Greg, guys like Julius Peppers, Luke Keekley, you know, Thomas Davis, Cam in the locker room who are really good people on you know off the off the field as well. So it's it's easy to emulate and. Um, you know, it's, it's a cool thing about the Panthers is if, if, if you do, you know, start to sway on, on the on the wrong path, they 
you know, they'll let you know quick. And, and so that's made it easy for me coming in as a rookie to, to kind of look up to those guys. You you got your siblings who are also incredible athletes. What was it like growing up in your household? Like how competitive was it? <laughs> very competitive, very competitive. We were always doing something. I mean, as soon as school ended, as soon as we got home, we were, you know, playing two-on-two basketball, knee football. If it snowed, we were playing king of the hill. You know, whatever it was, we were, you know, we were doing together. And, you know, my brothers are my best friends and uh, made it really fun growing up. Uh, let me ask you about coming into the league. Um, some of the naysayers initially wondering whether or not you would translate like as, as a true back, right? And you know, when I played, I had a chip on my shoulder because I had a lot of a lot of people that doubted. So, was your mindset like, "Look, I know I can handle this thing. I'm gonna just go in there," or, or was it a true chip where like I'm I'm gonna prove everybody wrong? Well, I mean, I, I've always had a chip on my shoulder. I mean, my whole life, you know, I've kind of been counted out. You know, whether it's he's too small, you know, he's, he's not powerful enough, he can't run between, whatever it is, you know, there's always been something. And I realized, like, along this, you know, my journey that there's always going to be something. And so it's become more of, uh, I would say, trying to, you know, prove myself right rather than prove other people wrong. Because I know my potential, you know, I, I know what I do every day and how hard I work and where I can be in my own head. And uh, that's higher than anyone else anyway. So I, I just try to listen to myself and, and stay true to, you know, all, all my work habits. So the NFL is really changing rapidly with size of different positions, what we're expecting out of guys. Kyler Murray's walking around yesterday. You have one of the biggest quarterbacks in the NFL, I Cam Newton. I want it doesn't to ask help him in pictures, by the way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you look yeah, way smaller small, than him man. because I'm he's small. a monster. But do you think a guy like Kyler Murray, who's, you know, five, nine and a half, can succeed at that position? Should we treat the quarterback position different or it should be like everything else? Uh, I, honestly, my, my whole uh, belief my whole life has been if you can play, you can play. You know, it doesn't matter what shape or size you are. Uh, if you can play, you can play. And you've seen that throughout the years in, in a bunch of different players. You know, not every quarterback is the same. Not every receiver is the same. Not every running back is the same. Um, I think the most consistent position on the field as far as size is obviously in the trenches in the offensive line and the defensive line. But, um, you know, I think I think it's always a situational thing. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't have success, whether you want to say it's because he's small or not, but if he does have success, then it's going to be he's breaking the barrier. So, um, you know, he's a heck of a player. But but you see it around. You see it with Drew Brees, right? I mean, everyone said he was too small. You see it with guys like Baker Mayfield, who, who, who they count out too, and the success that he's had. So uh, all around the league, you know, you'll see guys who are breaking stereotypes. And at some point, it's, you know, how many stereotypes you're going to have before you just realize that if you can play, you can play. You can play. You can play. I like it. Let me ask you about uh, camp, right? Because, you know, obviously he's had the, the shoulder surgery and, you know, people speculated all year, even Cam did at some of his press conferences. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the uncertainty with his injury. Do you know what I mean? Like from, from you guys as an offense's perspective. And then what makes Cam Cam? Like, you know? Yeah, well, I would say he's one of the toughest guys I've ever played with in my life. I mean, you see the, the second efforts, the diving for the end zone. Uh, you know, he's throwing blocks. You know, he's decleating safety. He's throwing blocks. I mean, that when you see that, you know, as, as a player, as a running back, you know, playing next to him, uh, that fires you up. You know, you get excited to play the game. And um, he's an unbelievable uh, player, obviously, great guy. And uh, I know, you know, what obviously he's trying to fix his shoulder, you know, dealing through a lot of injuries, especially the second half of the season, man. It, it, it was tough. We all knew he was hurting. And, and, and uh, to see him continue to, to, to fight through it was, you know, it's, it's kind of motivational. Obviously, you'd love him to be healthy, but to see him do what he did and, you know, even even with – hurt shoulder I mean we're within six points of a few games at the end of the year there where, where really it could have gone either way and one game away from the playoffs 
and uh, just goes to show you how crazy the league is. So I know he's taken uh, extremely seriously, and he's working extremely hard to uh, to get back to 100. percent I'm sure you kind of hurting a little bit. You wish you were here, right? Like this is the game every yeah. player wants to play in. NFL is about relationships. One of your former teammates has had one of the most surprising impacts on this Rams team, C.J. Anderson. What's it like watching him out there as a guy you played with to see him out there and have an impact that he's had? It's been great, you know, being able to, you know, learn from him, pick his brain a little bit when he came into Carolina. I know I was only with him for a short amount of time, but but was great. You know, it's such a situational league. Uh, you know, you find guys having success some places and maybe not fit somewhere else. To, so to see him have success obviously isn't surprising, um, you know, because because everybody knows he can play. He's been a pro bowler. He's won Super Bowls, and he's been a, you know, great, great impact on those teams. And so um, it's great to see, man. He, he, he was an unbelievable teammate to me, great, great guy to me. So it's cool to see him have Has success. Has he put on a few LBs since you <laughs> play with him, or has he always been rolling that weight? Uh, he, I mean, I'll tell you what, you can say what you want, but but he can run the football, man. And and, and uh, I think I saw a quote from him the other day. He's like, you know, people, people call me fat. They call me, you know, big, whatever you want to call me, but they still don't want to see me in the hole. So it's true, man. I mean, he, he, he makes it work. He makes it go. And once again, you talk about shapes and sizes, man. I mean, if you, once again, if you can play, you know, you can play. Um, you NFL, an NBA fan? I am an NBA fan. All right, so we got uh, All-Star Weekends coming to Charlotte, yep. right? I got a yep. chance to play in Charlotte briefly. Um, are you going to partake in the NBA All-Star festivities? I, I would love to I would love to go out there, yeah, for, for, for the festivities. I know they got a whole bunch of really cool events lined up. Obviously, Kimba Walker being an All-Star, being a Hornet, um, getting voted as a starter, too, and the year he's had has been cool for the community, so... Um, shout out to him, man. It's been really fun watching him just kind of from, from a fan's perspective. So uh, I'm excited for the week. Tell us what's going on with Old Spice. Yeah, so they just they just uh, launched their new fresher collection, uh, released five new body washes. It's cool for me, obviously, being an athlete who showers all the time. Um, it's cool to have a product with real ingredients, real benefits. And uh, my favorite one, the ex- exfoliation with charcoal. That's the best one. Uh, you can get it at Walgreens, but it's been cool spending a week with them and, and getting to know those guys and, and having fun with them. Awesome, man. I thought you smelled good when you came over here, so now we know why. Uh, Chris McCaffrey, thanks for joining yeah, us, man. Bro. Hopefully we'll catch you here in this man. game yeah, sometime soon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. All right, so I told you we were having big stars. Yeah, bro, you, we got none hey, bigger listen, than the guy who took the NFL gonna, by storm. I'm going to get this out of the way right now. <laughs> I'm not like, I don't take a lot of pictures with people. Okay. But my kids would kill me if we didn't get this selfie. So we're going to do this all air. All right, Raja right, got to do it for his boys who are going to be fired up when they see this picture. I love it. So it's been a whirlwind year for you, man. You really did take the year by storm. We were watching you, Brady. We were appreciating what you were doing. Really things that you don't see out of guys in their first year starting. Was it a surprise to you how easy it came and the type of numbers you put up? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's never easy. Uh, 
but I knew that with the team that we had and the guys I had around me, if I if I just was myself and didn't try to do too much, that uh, good stuff would happen. I mean, I never knew, I never thought fifty touchdowns and all that stuff. Uh, but I knew we, I knew we had a good chance of being a really good football team, and so I, I kind of just went out there trying to win every single game, and all that stuff kind of came with it. What do you attribute it to? I mean, is it the year before where you said mine, Alex Smith? What were you learning? What were you seeing that helped prepare you for that moment? And and I got to imagine you were dicing up that defense on scouts, even <laughs> maybe even saying to yourself like, man, when am I going to get my shot? Yeah, I mean, as a competitor, you want you always want to get out there. Uh, I think the best thing about it was that Alex was such a great dude. I mean, he he really, I got to see how to be a quarterback, how to be a professional quarterback. I mean, coming from college to the pros, I mean, I mean, it's 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 just so different of how you have to really dissect dissect the defense and dissect film, and being able to see Alex do that on a daily basis and him. Let me ask him questions and, and just learning from him on a daily basis really helped prepare me to kind of go out there this this year and uh, be ready and, and in the pocket and be able to have a pre-snap read that maybe in college I wouldn't have gotten. So, look, you I mean, obviously you had early unprecedented success, right? And that's a gift, but it you have to guard against, you know, it being a curse too, right? Like, so talk about your mindset, having achieved as much as you did this year, wanting to do more going into next year, your approach to your training regimen and what you need to do in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, first off, I mean, physically you got to get yourself – Away from football, but then right back in shape. So you don't have a you don't have a huge off season, uh, but you want to take yourself away just a little bit to let your body kind of recuperate and get back. Uh, and then I'm gonna try to get myself in pretty much the best shape possible. And that's I mean that's dietary. That's going out and working out, and doing whatever I can to, to help my body. And then mentally, I mean just just getting back into the film, getting back into stuff that you can help improve your game, going back to the fundamentals. And so I think if, as you go back and, and look at everything you did this last year, you can pick out what you did good and what you did bad and, and try to just eliminate the bad things and uh, emphasize the good ones. What do, you think, what do you think you need to tighten up? Yeah, I mean, there's just all, always decision-making. There's mistakes that you make in the season uh, that you want to not make again, and so I want to make sure I learn from those. And then fundamentals. I just want to keep getting better and better at the fundamentals. I think as you as you go, those are the most important things. I mean, all the extra stuff of running around, throwing the ball is, is awesome. But if you can be uh, really, I guess, critical of yourself and, and then be able to stay in the pocket and, and dissect defenses from there and then add that stuff to it, I think that would just keep improving my game every single year. Most quarterbacks, most good quarterbacks, can play within a system. They can make the plays, the progressions when a guy's open, or even if it's a tight window, they can make the throws. But what separates the great guys, the MVPs, like you're probably going to get, is the unscripted plays. When things fall apart, when you throw it left-handed, when you throw a no-look pass. And I want to know the no-look pass. Was that intended like basketball, like I'm a point guard looking the other way? Or was that your body in weird position? Was that something you had done before or in practice? How did that pass come about? Yeah, so I've done a no-look in college uh, against Oklahoma State. I did one when I was kind of scrambling to the right. It's never intended. I mean, it's just the thing. I've, I've done it in practice, especially on scout. You see on scout team last year, they're like circling cards. I'm like, I'm not going to just throw a pick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to look <laughs> to do it off if I can. And so I, I've done it before. You never really want to do it in the game. I just knew the safety was right in the spot that I wanted to throw the ball. And if I looked to the right, he was going to get out of the way. And so I just looked to the right and threw it to the spot. And, <laughs> and they made a great play. It was unbelievable. I mean, what was so impressive about it is your accuracy with it. That's all you got a third eye somewhere going on. There. <laughs> uh, the overtime rules. Do you like them? I mean, you didn't get a shot at the end of the AFC Championship game. I mean, do you, do you wish there was a change where you would get an opportunity? I mean, you always wish you could, you could get a shot uh, of playing, but the overtime rules have been the same for a long time. I mean, you have it's a team sport. You gotta 
trusting your defense and your special teams that you're going to get the ball back. Uh, we had a couple opportunities that we just fell short with getting the ball back. Uh, I knew the rules before the game. If I would have went down there and scored, I, I would have I hoped that we got the win too. So, I mean, it, it's hard to go back and look at rules like that. So, on that note, Jared Goff is preparing for this New England Patriots defense that you faced two weeks ago. What does he have to do in order to get a win and win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, just be prepared for the unscouted looks. I mean, you, they're going to throw some stuff at you, especially with two weeks of, of prep time that you we, they, you may have not seen them do for a while or even ever before. And so you need to be prepared for that stuff, be able to make adjustments on the fly, but then stay within your game plan. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing I think that we did. I mean, we, we should have adjusted quicker, but we stayed within our game plan, and eventually we started to work out the stuff in the second half. We just fell a little short in the end. So we've all got kids here, man, and we were all professional athletes. Your dad was, too. Uh, You've turned out great, right? An excellent career or start to one. What was his approach as a dad when you were younger playing youth sports? Was there pressure to play baseball? Were you were you training at an early age? Was it basically just having you around the locker room until you fell in love with something? Like, what was that like? I mean, me, honestly, like, he never pressured me to do anything. I, I just loved being there. Like, I loved being there. Uh, I'd go up there every single day and just, just love being around all the guys. He never forced me to do anything. He never forced me to play at all. Uh, it just... I think it's just something you, you kind of are just born with. You just you wake up, you, you go there, and just all I've known is playing sports, and I, I've always loved it. Love the competitive nature. I love the bond that you build with your teammates, and uh, it's stuff that I've just kind of grown up always knowing. Kyler Murray's making his rounds. He was here yesterday. He's got to make a tough decision. As somebody who's very familiar with both sports, what advice would you give him as far as the choice he's going to have to make? Yeah, I mean, I would say just follow what you love. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean. People talk about baseball, and then they talk about football, like contracts and all this different other stuff. I mean, to all that, it matters, but it doesn't really matter. And if you want to love the sport that you're playing, you want to make sure you can give everything you have to that sport. And I'm sure he loves both of them. He has the opportunity where he can play at the top of top level of either sport. And so whatever you love to do, man, just follow that. Put, put everything you have into it, and uh, I'm sure you'll have a lot of success. Now, some players, if they don't make it to the game, I mean, I was only with one team that ended up making it to the playoffs. Hated going to the Super Bowl. Never went to one. This is actually the first one I actually attend. Are you going to the Super Bowl? Are you going to be a part of it? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to the game. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going. Like you said, I'm not going to that thing unless I'm in it. And yeah. so uh, it, it's a thing where I, I like being here, uh, being able to be here with Bose. And I mean, they, they've got me here. I, I got got the great headphones on right now. And uh, but at the same time, I mean, I really just enjoy this but i would really enjoy it more if i was in the game tell us about the bose tell us about the headphones man yeah so i mean the bose headphones i have the qc 35s this is what i use for every single game every flight every time i work out they, they block out the noise i'm able to listen to my music and we're on the planes not not hearing the engine or anything like that uh it really they really are they really are cool I, i've loved them wireless i can do whatever i want in do them. they stay on for the no look passes when you're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah everywhere i mean I, I, work, I work out in these things so i they haven't fell off to, fell off once uh I, i've even gave my buddies a couple pair your, yeah. your your college coach cliff kingsbury mm-hmm. he's getting a head job in arizona have you talked to him have you, have you kept a relationship with him and what type of success you think we'll have with the offense you had in college implementing that in the nfl yeah so i mean cliff, first of all cliff, coach kingsbury is my guy man dude he, he helped me become a baseball player into a football player into a quarterback and so i mean i know he'll help he'll help that 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 team i mean he, he puts in the work he's in there like 4 3 30 in the morning every single day uh, and, and, he, and he loves the game, uh, game of football. And so for me, I mean, the offense, I feel like a lot of the concepts we had, uh, for the most part in college that we have in the NFL, 
Uh, now it's about him just keep evolving his game, which I've always loved that he, he watches the Patriots, he watches the Saints, he watches all these teams and, and learns from other people. It's not like he's just satisfied with what he's doing. And so I think that, that will translate. And now it's about just getting the right guys in there and, and for his system and having a lot of success. Awesome, man. Appreciate you stopping by. I know you got a crazy weekend. Probably going to bring up some hardware. Best of luck to you in the future. We'll be rooting for you, man. You got some fans here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. I told you we were getting more superstar guests. How are you, brother? Nice my man, Emmett. What's up, man? How's it going? Emmett Smith, my favorite Florida Gator. It's hard for me to say, but I have to yeah, I have to admit he's a great dude. Don't be hate. Nah, don't be hate. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you guys? Fantastic, hey, man. Sure. Super Bowl week, something you're very familiar with, with those yeah. three Super Bowl titles to your name. Yeah. What do you think, man? Man, you know, I love moments like this. Um, to see young players on the football field getting t- an opportunity to experience some of the things that I was able to experience and have a chance to win their very first one or second one, having many. I mean, there's a few players on both sides that have won multiple uh, Super Bowls. So um, this is great. You get a chance to see behind the scenes and do all this stuff right here, bring out some of the finest tequila also. Hey, oh. True story. No, yeah. Hold on, i got to ask you about that because we went out Wednesday night, went out to a Mexican restaurant, and I don't think we had good tequila. Like, if you're going to drink tequila, you, you got to drink good, good tequila. I don't even know because that was, was a mixed. problem. It was in margaritas, so it's probably <laughs> well, the, you know, the, yeah, But you got the correct. good stuff. The Herradura is one of my favorites. I have the good stuff. <laughs> and, I mean, this is the finest tequila in the world, Top Chef. Um, it's This right here is a silver. We also have the Ultra. We have uh, the Double Barrel Reposado, the Inejos, and all those things. I mean, this is the finest tequila in the world. I also have selected my own barrel. Oh, really? So I went down last fall. Uh, and uh, had had a taste and had three barrels to p- choose from and settled on two, and I was struggling between the two. So what I chose to do was blend the two. Oh, why not? And then when the I both. blended the both of them, mm, <laughs> it, it was, was perfect. Right one. It was the perfect one. <laughs> and so that blend is coming out this, this spring. Nice. And uh, we'll be in the market. It's going to start it in Texas. Then hopefully it just goes from there. It's going to be Emmett 22. Perfect. Awesome. I got to check out the M22. Uh, well versed in the tequila. All right, let me ask you about your Super Bowl experience, yeah. though, because you know obviously the Patriots have this wealth of experience, right. and the Rams, while some of their players played in the game, a lot of them are going to be new to this, this situation. So I, I want to ask you how different you felt in Super Bowl two versus Super Bowl one. Completely different. That's the beautiful thing about by having experience. Uh, Super Bowl one. Oh, I was so damn hyped. I was so. Even though I told myself, do not do it. Build up the build up to the moment. Man, coming out of the locker room, out of the tunnel to going onto the football field and stepping on the field in LA, playing in the Rose Bowl, the Daddy Bowls of all, you know, in the South, yeah. we don't even get a chance to go out there. <laughs> so now we're playing in the Daddy Bowl. I didn't tell anybody this in 1987. I was named Gatorade Football Player of the Year, and I was in the same stadium watching the Denver Broncos play the Giants. So sitting in the stands, as you know, you want to get out on the football field and play. So I turned to my best friend and said, one of these days I want to play the Super Bowl. Six years later, I'm playing in the Rose Bowl, and he's sitting up in the stands watching me now. Right. So all of the emotions of coming from Pensacola to Gainesville to being drafted by the Cowboys and being in my very first Super Bowl, all of that was there. So it wasn't like I was playing for myself. I'm playing for Florida. I'm playing for Escambia High School. I'm playing for Pensacola. And so going on that football field was like, oh, a surreal moment. And knowing that I can win, I can lose. I didn't want to be that guy that caused the mistake that cost us to lose. And so the second one, 
was much more easier. <laughs> it was laid back because of the experience of building up to it and understanding, okay, it's another game. I know how to settle myself down. And, and you kind of get mad because you don't feel the same way. You think that you're taking it for granted. Well, no. This is just life experiences. Things that you are not prepared for, you're going to over, over-prepare. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Three Super Bowl titles to about one Super Bowl MVP. Incredible career. The NFL has changed a lot. Yes. In the past even like five or six years, it's like taking this evolution to where it's so pass happy. And there was a time just not the, probably about five or six years ago where people thought, well, you don't, you know, you don't want to draft a running back high. You don't want to invest all this money in the running back. And we've seen kind of a resurgence of the running back where position. Where did that philosophy come from? It came from New England. Right, right. It did. <laughs> that's where it came from. It came from, that philosophy came from New England because that's what New England was doing. And they were having so much success. The National Football League is a copycat league. And they think that everybody has a Tom Brady on their team. They don't. They don't. God anoints certain people to do great things. <laughs> and people have to be comfortable with God anointing Tom Brady to be Tom Brady and Belichick to be Belichick. You have to work within your framework. My always ask, always ask an organization this. What is your philosophy? And do you stick to your philosophy? The Pittsburgh Steelers stick to their philosophy. Period. Everyone else... Move around, adjust, adapt, and that's why you have an organization as solid as the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to ask you, we're talking about running backs. Uh, obviously, Dallas has a, a great young running back mm-hmm. in, in Zeke. Um, what have you seen from him? Like, uh, what, what makes him special as a running back? Uh, you know, he's obviously following in your footsteps there in Dallas. Um, do you think as him being the feature back and what they have there now in Dallas, they can achieve the ultimate goal of winning Super Bowls? I think they can. I think they can. They have a, some of the pieces are, are in place. Our offensive lineman has been a little banged up, so we might have to start to think about our offensive lineman in order to solidify that to not only protect Dak, but also to continue creating the running lanes for Zeke. Zeke has what it takes. Um, and what I love about him is he has great vision. Um, he's, he's a strategist. He's downhill running. When and, you say strategist, look, because I don't play football. Right. So when you say, when I say strategist, yeah. he set things up. Throughout the course of the game, right. One, I mean, early on, early on, he may run somebody over second, third, third and fourth quarter. He may go around you, or, or he may go over the top of you. Right. So he set things up, and he may stay on side this 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 first two quarters. Then he may cut it cut it back at the right opportune time. So I, I call him a strategist in terms of playing chess with the defensive backs and the, and the linebackers. Right. That was that's the way I was. My job was to get you to flow over the top and be undisciplined. If I catch you being undisciplined, I'm going to punish you. <laughs> I'm going to punish you by getting yardage. And I see him as that same kind of back. Awesome. Great stuff, Emmett. Appreciate it. I knew you got to make the rounds in here. Thanks nah. for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Her Thank you, Thanks, man. Emmett 22 is what it's going to be called. It's coming out, baby. All right. We know you got to run. We'll let you go. Y'all be good. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll keep things rolling here on Canel and Bell. No I want to ask one. I want to ask one. Oh, more you want to get one you more? Are, you, are you a Mass fan? Uh, a Mass? Yeah. I mean, I followed the man. Right. So we were just we were talking about yeah. the big trade that went down, bringing Chris yeah. Stapps to pair with yeah. Luca. What do you think before you leave, real quick? Well, I mean, I was kind of sad that we got rid of uh, Dennis Smith. Yeah, I'm yeah. a little sad that we got rid of Dennis Smith because I thought thought he was a great addition as well. But when you got Duca there, and you have uh, Harrison Barnes, yeah. Uh, I mean, you got, and now you got. Two big guys down there that can, if, if they can play defense and get rebounds, yeah, something's cooking, and and and, and create more offensive possessions for us. 
I think we got a lot cooking. All right. We're going to have to have you back on the show and do a little <laughs> NBA breakdown. You're dropping knowledge on us right now. Appreciate it, Emmett. All right. All right let's do it. Let's keep it rolling here, Raja, while, yeah. he, while he gets out of here. He's got to do his thing with Herodura. So one of the things that came out overnight was the Jason Garrett lack of an extension. Yeah. Which I thought was very telling from the Cowboys' behalf and Jerry Jones' behalf. Essentially, and I think it's a smart move. Like, if you're going to stick with him, why would you give him a long-term deal? It hasn't been there yet. And you say, look, we'll roll with you if you can take us to that next level. But we have to see it taken to the next level. Yeah, you certainly don't want to put him in a situation where he's not incentivized. I mean, I think Jerry's done a good enough job in the media of making it known that he's got Jason Garrett's back. You know what I mean? Like, yes. But at the same time, like, he's a businessman and he's trying to win. He's trying to win Super Bowl. So, he, look. He should know that Jerry's got his back. But at the same time, I need you to do better. I need our team to do better. I need us to win. And it's not a personal thing. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure Jerry's had these conversations with him. Like, this is the way it has to be, man. If we do what we're supposed to do, you're my guy. I've had your back when nobody else had it. But I, yeah, it sends the wrong message to go out there and extend him right now. You're basically saying we're okay with kind of the mediocrity that they that, that has been Dallas for the last few years. Jerry Jones is this NFL owner who's very involved. He's the GM. He makes all the decisions. I don't love it. I don't think you can win that way the way he so micromanages. I think he has to hire people in the right place. But I'll give him credit because this year they were bad and they were looking like the team was imploding. And what did he do? He came out, and he was like, Dak's my franchise quarterback, Jason Garrett's our coach, and what they do? Made a run, made it in the playoffs. So I give him credit for that. And they, you know, Emmett Smith was just talking to us about, what's your philosophy? Right. I don't love their philosophy, but it's very but it's clear. Theirs. They're, they're going to run the football. Dak is going to be a game manager. And, you know, that's their MO. And Jason Garrett's going to kind of be a little bit more of an old-school NFL-style system where you're going to run it and it's play action. It can work, you know. I don't say I don't think it's crazy to say the NFL and you've heard everybody say it's a copycat league. Right? They're not copying. They're saying we're gonna we already have this thing built in place. We're gonna build it a certain way. We're not gonna deviate from that plan. And it did have success late, but they got some like really tough decisions to make in a year. And I think buying an extra year of time essentially is what they did. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Look, you started. I mean, obviously the blueprint is there. You just kind of alluded to what they want to do offensively. But to take the next step, you have to start putting uh, like playmakers around, like the, the the Ezekiel Elliotts and stuff. And so, you know, when you went out and you brought in Amari Cooper, boom, you got one, right? Like it'd be interesting to see what they do in the draft this year. You know, I don't know what their draft picks look like, what they do in free agency if they start bringing in because now you can take this DNA of like we're going to run the ball. Now when you go play action and you supplement with Dak, now you got some guys that can hit home runs for you. So if he's not the quarterback, then you're going to drop back and, and have him dissect the defense. Well, when he when he gets it out to those playmakers, you got to have guys that can break, guys that can take it to the house, you know. And you saw them change offensively once they got Amari Cooper because he could dump it to Amari, and Amari gets ghost. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So if you have some of those guys around, then it doesn't. The onus isn't on Dak to make a big play all the time. You can have those guys make plays just because Dak gets it to him. All right. So Emmett gave his thoughts on the Chris Stops trade. He was upset about Dennis Smith Jr. I think. You know, if you really sit back and look at it, it kind of makes sense for both teams. And you alluded to Kristaps. I thought the team president's comments were pretty harsh on Kristaps when he said, when we looked at how much time he was spending around the facility, and I thought he was taking a jab at his work ethic and some of those things. And then you hear what's going on with Dennis Smith Jr. the past month and him missing games and him not being happy. It, like, kind of makes sense. Yeah, that is – those were telling words from Steve Mills when when, – Painted Kristaps in a pretty poor light. Sounds yeah. like he wasn't being a really good pro, and 
you know, towards the end of my career when I was disgruntled in Utah, that's kind of the way I acted. Uh, but I knew my career was pretty much over. Like, this is a young kid, so you, you don't like to hear that. And again, it speaks to the fracture in the relationship whenever it occurred and them not being able to, to repair that relationship. Uh, for Dallas, I mean, it's really, really good. You, now you've only got 78 million committed next year. Uh, you know, after some of these guys leave, a lot of that is, is rookie stuff. You still got Harrison Barnes, I believe he's got a, a player option, and there, you know, there's some other pieces. But Luca and Chris Dabbs together um, is a very, very nice combo to have as the Golden State era starts to dwindle. Whenever that happens, these guys they're young. There's longevity in this. Do you know what I mean? So that's a great little nucleus and a starting point. You're going to have to supplement around the edges, but you got cash. Like you could go out and potentially take a swing at another guy. Dallas is a great city. You know, Mark Cuban is, you know, he provides as many like fringe benefits to players and 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 uh, luxuries as any owner out there. I really worry about New York. I get that you have to take the swing. Um Chris Tapp said he would have taken his qualifying offer and then become an unrestricted free agent so you get nothing in return for him. I I, I understand that. I don't love it. I would have tried to make that work. But I understand it. The, the question becomes who do you get? Because there are only so many guys that are worthy of the two max slots. And I dealt with this with the Gordon Hayward situation in Cleveland. I wasn't there in Cleveland. I was kind of, uh, you know, I was consulting. But they were going to give Gordon max money. And I love Gordon. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure he's a max guy. And they were like, well, it doesn't matter because somebody else was going to give him the max. If you're taking swings at guys like that, and I'm not, I'm not saying Gordon, but players that might not be franchise-changing, saddle on my back, take you to the promised land type of players, if you're giving them the max deals just because you struck out on uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie and you know uh, whoever else is out there, you're in a really bad spot if you're New York. You're now tied to these contracts for, what, five years, um, and your ha- your, 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 your franchise is hamstrung again. So you, they're praying right now that they get the guys they want in free agency. I, I've always been a firm believer, I, like because the thing is who won the trade and all that. And it was funny. We were talking about the Cowboys. I thought they won the trade because I knew what they were getting Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper proved to be worthy of the first-round pick. This one, the only thing that concerns me, like for the Knicks standpoint, is yeah, it looks smart, but are you trusting that organization to be able to pull this off? What's been kind of a mess the last twenty years? I don't trust them at all. And to your point, what if they do miss on KD and Kyrie Irving? Who, yeah, it sounds great. I'm sure Knicks fans are like, yeah, let's get Kristaps out of here and we'll go get those guys. Those contracts aren't signed yet. Those guys aren't done deals yet. They're not, and I don't know that Knicks fans are excited about getting Kristaps out of there. Like that was the unicorn. I think like, they are. Well, I don't really? know. Maybe I'm looking at social media, so maybe I'm looking at the crazy fans. But I think they're kind of mad him and they're saying well if you didn't want to be here well then screw you you're out of here and they didn't want him i do think his injury history is concerning for dallas like who won the trade if you get the good christops who's healthy then it's great but i don't know if that's the the question right like for me that's the biggest question like does new york have insight into like you know a bunch of a bunch of other type of injuries that other people wouldn't and they might not have been like catastrophic injuries but is he a dude that every two weeks is going to come into your training room and there's something else wrong with him right because that's a real thing they're guys that are just brittle for one reason or another their bodies break down and they can't handle the rigors of an nba season so if you've traded for that and you're dallas um you know good good for you good for you new york for getting off of that but in a vacuum healthy i mean he is a unicorn for a reason he's seven three he can do just about everything there is to do on a basketball court um, and he's got a little bit of dog in him, which is something that typically, you know, Euro- European players get labeled as not having. Like he, he, get, he gets it. He's got some fight in him. And so, if he's healthy, like it's a great look for Dallas. And then again, New York, you're praying that you get something 
you know, you get something with these two max slots you've created. How important is it, or what type of impact will, because like, we were joking about Dirk doing the All-Star game, and obviously his, his play is declining as he's playing forever. But what type of influence do you think he'll have? Not like, cause now you got Luca and Kristaps, guys that he's familiar with having played that European game. What type of influence do you think he can have on these guys? So I think Dirk can have a, 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 a huge influence, especially when you're talking about, uh, the comments that the GM made from the Knicks about Kristaps' work habits. Dirk is the hardest working dude. Like him and Steve Nash are two of the hardest working dudes I've ever played with. Like Dirk is, he's, I don't know what he does now at 40 years old, but tireless amounts of hours in the gym. I would come in, you know, as a guy that was trying to make the team and Dirk would already be in there with this guy Holger shooting thousands of shots. Like, so that alone will be helpful for Chris Stapps and teaching him how to really dig in and be a really, really good pro. I don't think that Chris Stapps had those type of models in place when he got to New York where they were a relatively young team with, with very little direction for younger players. So that will be great. Luca's already got it. And I don't think you can discount the fact that You've got now two Euros on a team together. It's a different style of basketball at times, right? And, you know, individually, Luca's great. Chris Tapps is great. But, man, it would be cool to see what kind of music they could make together. They, they've both grown up playing this style that uh, that our kids don't usually grow up playing. So I think it could be a really good really good thing, provided Chris Tapps is healthy. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see how his health is, what this thing looks like. And it's definitely shaking up the NBA, which is awesome. I think it brings, you know, infuses a little bit of life in it when it was kind of fly, flying under the radar. Yep. Now it's back in the scene. All right. Welcome back. Canel and Bell hanging out. It's been a little bit crazy. Coca yeah. said we should rename the show Off the Rails. Off the I kind of like it a little like crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's like the athlete in us. Like we're used to just responding to situations. Yeah, we're making audibles at the line of scrimmage. Like just, I kind of like it. We're supposed to get Ryan Shazier up here in uh, just a few minutes. Hopefully we'll get him soon. Luke Wilson, movie star, like Hollywood superstar, is going to join us in just a minute too. But since we're kind of going to be a little bit crazy towards the end of the show, do some Super Bowl prop bets. Yeah, let's do it. All right, you ready? Yep. And we probably need to get your pick. You uh, know, I did my pick on HQ. Pepsi, baby. Pepsi. <laughs> you already know. Proven entity. I'm going Pepsi. <laughs> right. Yeah, what's the spread, though? Uh, two and a half. Yeah, I Pepsi. think it's two and a half. Patriots are favored by two and a half. If you can find three, or if before the game a lot of money comes in on the Patriots, I think that'll be the public money. If you can get three... Or three and a half take and the take Rams. the Rams, yeah. pound the Rams if you can get that. Right. But I don't know if it's going to get there. I just hope it's a good game. All right, one of the kind of polarizing things that's happened has been the halftime show. Yeah. Maroon 5. Before I get to the prop, your thoughts on Maroon 5? Uh, that's Adam Levine? Yeah. Yeah, I know him. I don't yeah. know their music so much, I though. I think you will. Like, I, I once you hear it, it's kind of catchy. Yeah, yeah. I probably know a song. All right, so the. Not so a the, huge fan. Yeah, right. But not, they're not, not a good. fan. Right. Yeah, like, they're not, like, you're not going to, like, Hate it. Doesn't put you in a bad mood. Look, I don't have them one in my car, like when I'm driving <laughs> right. around. But like, all right. So yeah. one of the Super Bowl props. First one we'll start off with. Will Maroon Five sing Sunday morning? I, could you sing <laughs> I knew it? you were going to say that. <laughs> Sunday morning. I, I can't sing it because no. we don't want to get in trouble. A, we might have to pay fees. It is a huge hit. It is one of their early hits. Yeah, but it's, sing I, it. but it's kind of. I'd like to see more energy than Sunday morning. It's kind of corny. And it's Super Bowl Sunday, and it's not morning, but it's Super Bowl Sunday night. But you got to feel like they're going to play it. The favorite, actually, it's not. Yes, is plus one twenty. No, they don't play it. It's minus one sixty. But I think Coca just said it is Sunday. It's Sunday. But maybe they. Yeah. You know how sometimes you go to concerts, and they adjust the lyrics to play to the home crowd. Right. What if he's like Sunday, Sunday Super Bowl Sunday or something <laughs> like that? He comes in like that could be something, yeah. and then he could really endear. The uh, the home crowd to him, which is he's been getting slammed. And they got Travis Scott and Big Why Boy I think, from slammed? Outcast is coming here too. Oh, well, that's the whole yeah we talked yeah, about yeah, that. yeah, that's yeah, the whole like yeah. the artist political yes, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 people said they were sellouts right. you know. All right, 
What happens first, an Aaron Donald sack or a Tom Brady interception? Even odds on these, minus 120 on That's both. That's a tough one. you got to imagine they're going to be double in Aaron Donald, right? Like, they're going to – Bill Belichick's going to do that. He don't let your best player beat him right. very often. Um but I am going to say an Aaron Donald sack because I think Tommy Brady is going to be pretty clean. I think you're going to say Aaron Donald comes first. I, I think he gets a sack first. I do too because yeah. I think that's the one area. I think up through the middle, it's challenging. Aaron Donald is a beast. Yeah. I think Sue delivers like because you never know what Sue you're going to get. Like which one is are you going to get the the guy who coasted in Miami? Yeah. Coast a lot of games. Or are you going to get the high energy Sue? If you get that one, you're going to get pressure. And I think I'll, I'll go with Aaron Donald as well. All right, who has more carries? Todd Gurley or C.J. Anderson? Todd Gurley is the heavy, heavy favorite at minus 320. C.J. Anderson, the long shot at plus 220. C.J. No, I'm sorry, Todd Gurley. Come yeah, I think Todd Gurley, too. I think it's obviously going to be that one. Because uh, I think he's going to be a focal point of this game plan, whatever happens. And I think they will go to him early and often. I think a lot of the, hey, is he okay? Where's his health? I think he's fine. All right, let's welcome in our man, Ryan Shazier. What's going on, man? How are we doing? How's your health? I'm sure you get asked about it every single day, but how are you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. Uh, every day is getting a lot better. I'm trusting the Lord, and I'm I'm really just working. Uh, some days might be a little tougher than others. You know, it's going to be some ups. It's going to be some downs, but I can't complain, man. The Lord has blessed me. Yo, it's good, it's good to see you, brother, and it's good to see you moving around. And I, like, I'm just going to share a story. You were in Cleveland. I have a young son, a six-year-old, who's okay. got alopecia. All right. And my wife ran across you at, uh, at a Cleveland Cavs game. You took a picture with him, and it's really meant a lot to him. Yeah. Uh, he's now getting old enough to kind of understand uh, that, you know, he, he looks a little different or whatnot. Yeah. Can you please talk to me? And this is just personal. It's got nothing to do with football. About you coming up as a young fella. Um and how you dealt with that? So I actually got alopecia when I was like four or five. Right. And um, the thing that I really res- uh, respected my parents about was like they basically said, hey, Ryan, there's two ways you can do this. You can wear a hat or not wear a hat. But we we actually prefer you not to wear a hat. And the reason they said that is because they was like, we don't want you to hide away from from your alopecia. Right. Because like, at the end of the day, they said kids are going to be rough. And uh, they're going to either be your friend or not. So – Hang out with the people that like you for who you are, and then if they don't like you. Is most of the time that they have a, a lack of self confidence or a lack, a lack of self, a low self esteem because they just they just uh, make fun of somebody for no reason. It, it, it sometimes it's something that you're fighting against, you know. So it just everybody's fighting against something. They told me, but is you just see what I'm fighting against. I just don't see what you are. It's a good message. You've yeah. been able to handle your injury with you know amazing like strength. And you're such an inspirational story. Do you think growing up with, that, with what you did, like, do you think that helped you handle some of the adversity you've had to face at this point in your career? Yeah, definitely. I think growing up uh, definitely helped me handle some of the adversity I was dealing with. I know before a doctor told me I might not never play football again. But with alopecia, it was just growing up being different. And I understand those things are a little bit different. And it, they're not at the, the same weight as what I'm going through right now, but every little thing builds you up, you know, and um, and I feel like uh, just being part of a team really helped me out a lot, too, just being able to depend on the right people, and my family and my team, they've really been really supportive, and and there for me, and it, it really shows, and, and every single day I'm down, they they honestly push me even harder. So you just talked about your, your family and your team, which is, you know, there, there's a team, and then there's your, your team team, like yeah. the Steelers, and that's a great organization. Yeah. Uh, 
talk to me about the role that they, they played, you know, in your rehab and since the injury, and, and you know how much are you able to be around the guys and what that means to you as you fight through the rehab of, of the injury. Yeah, so the team has been amazing. You know, every day uh, I, 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 I still train at a facility, and they, they're very supportive. I've been learning a lot, a lot about the scouting department. I've been learning a lot about the head coaching department. I mean, the, the coaching department, and they, they just really been breaking it down for me. So even if football doesn't work out for me, they still let me know, hey, there's other avenues you can take, and they're really teaching me a lot. So I, I'm really looking forward to staying part of the Steelers and being here with them. And honestly, uh, I'm, I'm just really thankful for how they handled the situation with me. So your team, we talked about him a lot this year on yeah. our podcast. You started with Le'Veon Bell. And then there's drama throughout. And then it's Antonio Brown at the end of the season. That's Big Ben calling out guys on his radio show. It's just a mess. And like it's hard to watch. And like you, so much talent on this team. What do the Steelers have to do to get back to the championship ways and start getting back and making deep runs to the playoff and get back to this game? Honestly, I think we just have to focus on playing football, man. Um, you know, at the end of the day, in this era, it's so much media goes on. It's just hard, really, to hide away from it. And, you know, you can do the littlest thing. We might have a little argument or we do something, and then it blows up in the media. And, uh, it, like, you guys have arguments at home with your family, you know. Imagine that just blows up in the media. And that's and football, a team is like a family. And But it is our messages in the media more than everybody else's. Everybody else has mess. It is you hearing about ours, you know. And, and then it's just like everybody just trying to cover it up or do something they feel like that's effective for it. Then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And at the end of the day, I notice the more you focus on ball, the more you put in ball, the more ball it gives you. But the more the more you start focusing on other things, the more it starts taking away. No doubt. I want to – this is a hometown thing, right, because Danny's from Broward. I'm from Dade. You're a lot of Lakes kid, right? Yeah. Um, who were some of your idols growing up in the football landscape? Because it's produced, like, you know, that state of South Florida. It's yeah. produced some really yeah. it's, So it's crazy. Uh, I actually was, like, a fan of Derrick Brooks growing up, you yeah. know, uh, and, like, he, he was just amazing talent. But it was kind of cool because uh, when I was really little, I liked the Jason Kidd a lot because he was bald head. So I'm like, hey, man, he's a bald head football player. You know what I'm saying? And he was, he was, he was, he was a Hall of Famer. You know, he was a great player. And then uh, also, you know, I liked Levante David and, and Sean Spence. And uh, it was kind of funny because yeah. me and Sean Spence ended up being on the same team. And when Sean got drafted, he was like 212, and I was still in college. And I'm like, man, if Sean can get drafted at 212, man, I can get drafted, man. You know, and, and it really just, it just pushed me and just like, hey. Man, if these guys are doing it, these guys are doing it from where I'm from, and they're and they're not that big. They're not, you know. It, it really showed. It showed like, hey, man, I can make it. Anybody can make it. You know? We got about thirty seconds. Undeniably, Derry. What you got going on with them? So, undeniably, Derry. They have a campaign going on. It's pretty much letting everybody know, hey, it's nutritious dairy out here. We got hardworking dairy farmers out here working every day to make sure you have uh, uh, nutritious and, and, and great tasting dairy uh, in your houses and, and wherever you go. You know, I know I love ice cream. You guys probably love it too. So yeah, we're making sure uh, that everybody knows about it. All right, real quick, 10 seconds left. Who do you offer the Super Bowl? Who's your pick? Man, I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, Still a fan's going to be mad at me, but I'm going to have to go with Brady, man. Uh, I, I appreciate greatness, bro. Who yeah. you got? Pepsi, baby. I'm going with the proven <laughs> product. I'm going with I'm going. I'm, I'm fading you both. I'm going uh, Rams, uh, partly because I want to root for them to see something different. Right. But I think they're the better team, top to bottom. Right. They don't have yeah. a better quarterback, though, that's yeah. for sure. Ryan, appreciate it, man. Thanks yeah. for stopping by. Thank you so All much. All right, got to get out of here. Luke Wilson, though, coming up next, just a few minutes. Superstar from Hollywood, Canel and Bell. Thank you, bro. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I know. 
catches a lot of flack, but like... Uh... All right, welcome back, Canel and Bell, hanging out. I teased them the whole show. <laughs> Hollywood superstar. We're here yapping about golf yeah, no, the whole time. We can sit here already. and just talk yeah, out about golf. We need to go find... On. There's some good golf here. He's like, there's some good golf courses there around is. here. The weather's not that great. But Luke Wilson, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me, Danny. Roger, appreciate it. Bro. Appreciate you coming by. So you... thank you for the signal to stop talking <laughs> so you guys can start this show. <laughs> no, but we were like, thinking... Where, where's that hand coming from? Roger's had to grip my yeah, kneecap. Yeah. I got a strong grip there. <laughs> no, but I think we're going to rename the show Off the Rails because yeah. we kind of, we're not, we're like a couple athletes. We're not broadcasters, so we just kind of go with the yeah, flow. Yeah, we operate so better. You guys do so. have such a smooth transition <laughs> that I didn't really realize we were starting, so pardon me. <laughs> so you're, you were born in Dallas. Yes. Cowboys fan? Are you yeah. like the Dallas crew, the Mavs, the Cowboys? Definitely That's- a big Cowboys fan. That's who I watch the most. But yeah, definitely Mavs fan and Texas Rangers. But, uh, and Spieth now. Spieth is like the new Dallas hometown ta- hometown hero, Jordan Spieth. Have you played with him? Never have, but I I have met him. And, like, he's one of those guys that, like, he doesn't, like, look away when you're talking to him. made me think, like, when I'm talking to somebody, I'm, like, <laughs> looking like this, looking behind you, looking at you. Right. Uh, and, like, Spieth, like, talks to you just like, you know, a laser. Like a machine. So I heard you got to play in the, uh, what was it, the Ryder Cup Pro-Am. Yeah. What was that? Like, that's one of my bucket list things to do. Like, I've been to a lot of sporting events, but never the Ryder Cup. It is an incredible, the Ryder Cup's incredible. That Saturday morning when it starts is unbelievable. And it, it was really cool to see, like, before the pros teed off, like, out of nowhere, you see, like, the crowd kind of parting. And there goes Michael Jordan walking in. I'm like, wow, this guy came all the way to Paris right. to, like, see some golf. But, yeah, the Pro-Am was really fun. I, uh... Sam Jackson and Kurt Russell were the team captains. And then uh, I played in the match with Greg Kinnear against uh, some English football guys. It was really funny. That's what, cool. What's fun. your handicap? I'm now a uh, six. Oh, it's out of my league. But, um, That's got to be, like, one of the strongest in Hollywood, though, isn't it? Like, who, do you, who gives you a game? Peers. Um, Hollywood peers. Uh, I've heard Mark Wahlberg's really good. He's always posting his swing on Instagram. He's always Is he? out there too. Yeah, he, he's the when I played with him, he was really good. But I think there are mostly it's you guys, you athletes, sir. But that's not quite fair because you guys are already <laughs> professional athletes. But yeah, there's some there's some pretty good. Playing uh, Oliver Hudson is a really good golfer. I think Kinnear's pretty good. As, as hard as it is for me to say that, <laughs> Dennis Quaid's good. We've had uh, we've had a couple guys on the show. Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, his brother plays for the Eagles, so you got siblings in there. You got siblings in the business. Is was there sibling rivalry growing up in this business? Kind of like you see in sports, did it help push you guys taking the next level, or has it always been supportive, looking out for each other? More kind of supportive. I mean, personally, you know, when it comes to like, you know, sports around the house, you know, that kind of thing, or gambling, we are very competitive. But yeah, professionally, it's like kind of on the same team, and it's like whether or not. My brothers Andrew and Owen do well. I'm always rooting for those guys, and yeah, kind of. It's just like y'all's business, where it's tough enough without have without you know you, you want you want to help out the people that you love. What was the sport of choice when you guys locked horns as young fellas? A lot of pickup football. Yeah, and I mean it's funny now because we in neighborhood games you played tackle. Yeah, that's right. And it's yeah. like. 
well, first of all, it's like you just don't see kids playing pickup football. You don't anymore. see them playing anything anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. You don't see kids outside. But yeah, we played. Ton- I mean, we were never good basketball players. Right. Um, but played a lot Neither of pickup. I mean, it's, uh, like it's, I was just it's, six it, five. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. I, whenever I play basketball, I would get yelled at about being in the paint. I was like, I don't even know what the hell the paint is. <laughs> You're in the paint. Right. Right. Okay. We mentioned Gronk uh, before. We talked about his you know, siblings and stuff. Did you challenge him to a cage match? What What happened with Gronk and you? With Gronk? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. A something match happened something? where, yeah, challenged Gronk <laughs> and his brothers. I don't know. I must have been drinking when I did that. That sounds like a tequila fuel thing where Gronk's, uh, yeah, I would not want to tangle with the Gronkowski brothers. When when I was playing, it uh, was when Old School came out. And it's one of the most iconic movies of all time when you think of best comedies, when you think of quotable lines from the movie. When you were filming that, did you have that like do you get excited like man this is going to be epic or do you never know how a movie is going to be I mean, received the script was funny um but yeah you can't it's so hard to tell i don't know if it's like a team where you can tell if you're a great team or not but i mean definitely it was a rare thing in that i've never had so much fun going to work where i was like man i get to see will today and vince today and it was just so fun to see guys like that or you know both of those guys take a script and just, I mean, you can learn your lines, but you better be re- ready to roll with those guys because they're coming up with really funny lines. That's what I was going to ask. That is one of my favorites of all time. Like, I, how much of what you guys did in that movie was off I mean, script? I, those guys. I mean, I was kind of playing like the straight man, right? In that. And so, I mean, I was kind of like, I was like kind of sticking to the script. But those guys really went off the script and improvised a lot. And it's like I grew up, like, I can remember my dad loving, like, Animal House. And um, it's funny, like, for a younger generation, guys, like, I mean, I'm older than you guys, but for guys my age and kind of your age, it's become, like, the Animal House-type movie. Right. Old school, too? Any any chance? Man, I'd love to do uh, something with those guys, but I don't know. It, it, old school, too, might have been The Hangover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? That's good. What do you yeah. have going on with Colgate? Um, yeah, I got this, uh, Colgate Total is doing their first Super Bowl ad, and I've never done a Super Bowl ad before, and those guys, uh, asked me if I wanted to do it, and they had a really funny idea for an ad. This guy was like a, a close talker in the office. I'm sure you guys have had a couple of teammates or, or coach, or a, a coach. waiter the other day was a pretty close talker. <laughs> a waiter? <laughs> uh, it's like, Sometimes somebody will be so close to me that I'm like, I, I know you're close, but I can't hear you. <laughs> um, but uh, a waiter is pretty funny. Yeah. But, yeah, it's um, it's a really good product. And, yeah, hopefully it's like you guys know what the ads are like. They're as popular as the games these days. So, like, when I grew up, there was, like, Spuds McKenzie, and that's about it. Right. But, but now these things are like movies where they rate them. And, you know, some do great. Others don't do well. So, Hopefully people think this Colgate Total one's really funny. That's one of the reasons I don't like going to Super Bowl parties. Like to watch, yeah. <laughs> I, I obviously want to watch the game, but I also want to see the commercials because yeah, exactly. it's too loud. You can't hear a lot of the pun, like what what the joke is going on or yeah, how entertaining exactly. it is. So definitely doing that. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the week. I know you got a crazy, st- a lot of stuff going on. We appreciate you stopping Thanks by. Thanks very much, we'll Danny, it up Roger. sometime. I'd love to, man. Anytime. We'll have Roger, I'll give you some strokes. I'll, I'll, drink, I'll drink some beers. I'll watch you guys. <laughs> All right.